Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Regular listeners to the show know that the whole drive every week is just to plug and support what's happening out there and to try and keep a positive drive going as such. And while the whole country was locked away at home, social media was lit up every single day, wasn't it? With people sharing gigs online and links to Facebook Live and events full of singers and everyone doing stuff at home. And like we have been commenting on it in the programme here since March and what for a while everyone did feel like they were in the same boat. And do you remember there was that quote that if we can win into this one out, we can summer anywhere. But of course, the reality is the performers and artists and our whole industry of tech and crew and venues and so on, they can't winter it out. And lots of them are faced with the choice of leaving their jobs for good because holding out in the hope of a couple of gigs or whatever next year just isn't going to cut the mustard. And I think there was maybe a gradual realisation among the general population who wouldn't necessarily have been involved in any kind of campaigning, but maybe from about May onwards that something kind of more serious was afoot in the arts in terms of a national campaign. And that campaign has become ever, ever, ever more critical because I think we've kind of maybe got a couple of vital arguments. And the first, you have the immediate term of people losing jobs and livelihoods and art centres dark and completely rendered unviable, I suppose. And then in the long term, there's the ongoing work to highlight what was already a crazy underfunding of the arts in Ireland compared to our European counterparts, practically every other European country nearly. So to find out more about what talks this week can offer in terms of hope, I really am delighted to be joined on the line by Angela Dorgan, who is the CEO of First Music Contact, but the chairperson of the National Campaign for the Arts in Ireland. And Angela, it's true, isn't it? There's a lot of distress out there from performers and people in the arts and everyone is trying to be creative and inventive and cooperative. That's all great. But there is terrible pressure out there, isn't there? It's horrific. And I think it's important to put a context in all of this. It's a global pandemic. People are losing loved ones. There are frontline workers who are giving literally their lives to keep all of us safe and well. And there are some amazing people like our CMO and our acting CMO and and lots of politicians trying to do their very best in what is a very bleak situation. And I suppose we all have a common enemy in the pandemic. But as you say, it's been a, a huge challenge for the already under-supported arts sector and then the wider commercial sector 
of events and events companies and festivals who are for profit in the real world, but now also because their livelihoods have been shut down by this pandemic are also not only not in a place to make profit, but also not in a place to make work available to those sectors. So it's it's an entire ecosystem for both the funded and supported art sector and the events and festival infrastructure that supports that and puts it on and, and in the for-profit. In the middle of it, I, I guess, are artists, arts workers and arts organisations. For for my particular part of, of the creative universe, we're a resource organisation funded by the Arts Council to resource and develop musicians' careers. And as you say, one vital part of that career infrastructure has just been closed. I suppose what we decided to do very early on as First Music Contact was follow the artist. Mm -hmm. So the endeavours and the activity that we've been supporting is if if artists are moving online, let's find some way to get them paid for those online performances. Let's discover ways globally where our partners globally are, are working on can we help them with paywalls and stuff? We have a, an annual showcase for emerging artists. We very, in April, as you say, April, start of May, decided, OK, we need to pivot and bring our entire showcase online. And what we found is we were discovering little COVID bounces. We were allowed by our, our funders to kind of reconfigure the funding we had already secured for, for international showcasing and put it around the festival. I actually am in the very privileged position of I've just spent four days watching 50 bands play their hearts out. And <laughs> so I've been at 50 gigs, <laughs> no audience, all COVID based and yes. everything. But we used our, our funding and our sponsorship to make the festival to film it. So we were able to hire a film crew, but also, and most importantly, we were able to hire from two backline companies who would have serviced our festival every year for the last 18 years. We were able to hire six sound engineers were able to hire two lighting engineers and we were able to pay the artists for their performance but we then now have 50 shows to show everybody in October behind a paywall that will hit about the 10 euro mark a night to see 16 new artists so I suppose to your point it's devastating what's encouraging is that the the art sector in general theatres music dance are intelligent they're proactive they're innovative and they are finding, you can see solutions, as you say, just popping up everywhere and finding new ways to get to the audience. Because I think one of the most important parts for me during the pandemic and what drove all of us in the NCFA voluntary committee to work as hard as we did is we saw how important art was to everybody in the world. But especially here during lockdown, people were turning to books, to music, to, to theatre online. You know, we were all glued to, to normal people. And, and, you know, we were able to say, we're all enjoying normal people, but those actors broke their chops in small theatre companies around the country. The, mm -hmm. you know, Connell's necklace was a decision by a creative costume designer. And, and it, it, it allowed us to tell the story of what art is in Ireland um, and, and paint a picture for how badly that sector will 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 really and, and, and the wider sector, the ecosystem around it, um, how badly they're hit for a long time to come. We were the first out, we will be the very last back in the performing elements of the arts. And and so will so many other industries. But but my heart and my soul is to save and to give opportunities to to artists in our country to survive through this pandemic and so that we still have an art sector when we come out the other side. 
So our initiatives are a 13 point plan to government, some of thankfully which we've achieved through people like yourself, media giving us voices, art centres locally all over the country, arts workers, just everybody coming together. And I think what's been amazing is all the different disciplines in the arts and all the different organisations and workers and individuals in our sector came together under those common plans. So we've spent the last number of months trying to improve the stimulus package coming to the arts mm-hmm. from government and, and that's been achieved to a certain extent. There's a lot more to do. We're working very hard to try and find fixes in pandemic unemployment payment for our entire sector, including those for-profit companies as well as the not-for-profit arts and creative sectors. So it, it's, I think, I suppose, for as much for the artists, it's also to give confidence to audiences. Yes. So, you know, you will. we won't put on a show... And, and bring you into our venue, whether it's a theatre or a music venue, unless we feel you're going to be safe in there. And, and when we can't get to you, we will be creative about how we can do that in a non-venue context. Yes, and I know that trying to put a, a coalition of three parties together was, you know, almost just shy of an impossible task, as we've seen. And the allocation of ministries thereby has created this very vast portfolio that is encompassing the arts as well. And that makes all sorts of talks and budgeting and finance discussions more difficult, especially if when you have to bring in the medical expertise of NEFET as well to any sort of negotiations in terms of finding a way out of it. And you had... I suppose the first, maybe, maybe not quite the first, but the first big sort of sit down of that this week. And I presume in the most very basic sense, Angela, the National Campaign for the Arts has a really important part to play in getting clarity, the most basic kind of clarity on what events can take place and who can attend them and explaining and leading how people can go together and I suppose working their way through the nuances of all the various arts disciplines and the sort of different circumstances for an audience that each one might necessarily have in a common space. That was something I suppose NCFA, we're having conversations with the sector all along. We're having individual conversations, Zoom calls with 500 artists. We're having calls with resource organisations and organisations with, with large membership numbers just to make sure we're on track, that we're mandated and that we we are expressing the concerns of the sector all the way up through government, both local and national. So one of the things we got during the very frustrating two weeks where, you know, all the rules changed. Yes. It, it seemed to be going OK. People were cautiously opening back up. Audiences were cautiously coming back to events. NEFET and, and the Department of Health have the responsibility to all of us. So rules did change. Lack of communication, lack of clarity was devastating, further devastating. And in some cases, you know, you kind of would have preferred an entire lockdown because we were fielding and, and the Department of Arts, to be fair, were also fielding an awful lot of calls because there was such a lack of clarity. So we, the NCFA requested through our minister to sit down with the, the health minister and we chatted with him and Dr. Ronan Glynn and the also the deputy CMO. And I suppose three things we wanted to get across to them. One, that the art sector in its entirety, you know, music, theatre, all performance elements of the art sector were COVID adherent, were really COVID robust. And as as I was saying earlier, are really take the responsibility of the audiences. We work with 365 for decades and decades. We take their 
safety very, very seriously. So it was an opportunity to explain to them how professional the sector was and how COVID adherent we were, because there was no real idea or we weren't certain that when those decisions were being made at health or with method, that they thought of the arts sector or the event sector or the entertainment sector at all. So it was a great opportunity to get those points across. It was really encouraging to hear from Dr. Ronan Glynn and from Minister John Ali that they did get the arts and they do get the arts. And there was an acknowledgement that we are, us and the larger for-profit events industry, will be the last back. There was a, a huge awareness of that. So I suppose then we asked them about their concerns and if we learned what their chief concerns were, we could bring those concerns back to the sector and the resource organisations and and see if, if those fixes as the pivoting and the reimagining over the last six months. I'm just incredibly proud of the entire art sector in Ireland that, you know, these innovative ideas that come up that, that some of our colleagues around the world are are aping and using as well. So we brought that back to the sector and and had a chat the other day with some events groups and and a lot of resource organisations in the arts about what the fixes could be for those concerns. And the concerns are the same in every business. It's congregation. They acknowledge that the arts has been really good and can demonstrate through photos and videos how well the in-venue spacing and all of that has been adhered to. Their concerns are around now, I guess, people coming to an event and people leaving an event where those congregation points happen better you know and and it's the three things that we're all being asked to do cough into your elbow wash your hands and wear a mask we've gone back to the resource organizations now to see where are the fixes we're we're talking to some health and safety specialists from the from profit as well as the not-for-profit sector about what these fixes might be because you know i i think the, the the Department of Health and Nefes are doing what they think is necessary, but there is a, an awareness that for the for-profit, they have to get back to work. And for the not-for-profit and art sector, it, careers have to develop. But also in the larger context, Ireland needs art. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and we need it for sucker and we need it to feel well and we need it for well-being. And, and the mental health implications for the entire country are are huge but also the added stress of an entire industry who doesn't know or has no idea when the industry will open back up again is also causing its own mental health problems and there was a fundraising last month I think for Minding Creative Minds and I think you know an initiative like that is great for the events and art sector it's just, I suppose, for me, I'm always glass half full. So I'm really interested in hearing the ideas for fixes for that. But I'm also really encouraged by the open dialogue. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yes. Now, I love the idea of everyone being creative and inventive. And I can see that because you you only have to talk to anybody who's involved in theatre or music or any sort of congregational audience performance based art to know that they are desperate to conform and to do whatever it takes to enable things to happen again. And all of that logistical thing around the arrival and dispersal of crowds, if that further means then that theatres have to stagger arrival times for certain blocks of ticket sales and all that sort of thing. You know, everyone's got to bend over backwards in the morning and there will be jobs in IT to write the algorithms for every theatre computer to automatically filter it out and and it will come online. It's just that there's such a, a pressure and an urgency about it because in the meantime, everyone is, as you said, dependent on the COVID payment and that sort of thing at the moment with mortgages and rent and the most basic, basic, basic needs needs of staying going. But as you said, it was the entire arts community that lifted and buoyed up our mental health in in the lockdown and that kept us kept us connected. Like it is so heartening to have had those talks this week and to feel that there was an understanding across the table of the the basics of of what needed to be teased out and the finer nuances of all the grey area, making blanket judgments and blanket measures was I suppose a call they had to make in sort of an immediate tackling of an emergency but you you do feel that there is a a more nuanced response or there's a willingness to explore a nuanced response now. Yeah I mean the the conversations were nuanced and the conversations were open the proof will be in the decisions at the next stage you know while talk is great and and a confidence of understanding is great communication is essential what our sector needs is, is a checklist. It needs a checklist to say, if you pass all of these 10 things, you may reopen. If you, you know, are adhering to all of these, you know, and, and I think that's what every sector needs. It's, it's pubs, restaurants. If you have a list to adhere to, then I think that's going to make everything easier. So it's practical, implementable solutions that we need. And yes. I suppose a confidence that while doing all of this, that there's an acknowledgement and and this is right through society and not through the arts there's an acknowledgement that when governments are making the decisions that they remember they're speaking to adults and to people who also want to keep themselves safe and to you know every single one of us no matter what our role is in society is is a citizen of this republic and we want to be a safer place and we want to open up our economy and we want to have the the mental wellness of you know our our entire citizenship to have access to mental wellness whether that's through the arts or or other other things so i think an intelligence about the next moves but what we did get in the conversation as well which was encouraging is 
the the conversation coming from health is about finding ways to open up rather than flatly deciding to close down. So mm-hmm. that's the piece I hope turns into action after September 13th, that we all work on a way to stay open a little bit and with each month open more and open more also the acknowledgement that this is a global yes you know, this is a global occurring you know electric picnic was supposed to be on this weekend a huge amount of the performers who would have been playing at that commercial festival this weekend would have been from all over the world so now we're restricted on where we can go and who we can receive and how do we look at opening that up can can performers international performers fall under expert essential worker and how can we just develop conversations that are happening in other industries to matter in the arts and events industries so it's it's interesting to just i suppose keep an eye on the entire ecosystem both the for-profit and the not-for-profit because this is an ecosystem we all work on together it's a giant giant iceberg you know, some of the events and, and commercial and all of that and those who work in it are the top of that iceberg and they are all really suffering. But under that iceberg is a sector that needs to keep going so that the top can keep floating. And that's about the arts workers, the artists primarily and, and the organisations and companies that keep them going. It is an extraordinary demanding portfolio of work that you have. And as you said, of course, all of the members of the committee and people working in the National Campaign for the Arts are doing so on a voluntary basis. What can ordinary members of the public, we'll say regular listeners now on a Sunday morning, who are used to us going on about buying from Bandcamp and all that sort of crack here every week. But from a from a, a kind of a regular audience perspective, if there are people out there, what, what kind of things can they do in terms of supporting the campaign? Well, I suppose follow the campaign, follow us on on social media and and talk to your TDs. Talk to your TDs, tell them how important you think they are so that they continue to be supported. If you happen to have a conversation around companies who hire sound rigs and build tents, they are small and medium enterprises. Talk to your local TDs about, you know, seeing if the Department of Trade and Employment can help them widen out the responsibility for this entire sector right across government. But really, it's buy a book from an Irish author, buy an album from whatever your musical taste is, buy an album from an Irish musician. If your musicians or, or the theatre groups that you love start to bring their work online, pay for the paywall. This work isn't free to make, so don't assume it's free to consume. And if your local theatre company is putting on something behind closed doors and has gone to the expense of filming it, go and watch it. Pay for paywall, and if there isn't a paywall, donate to them. If your gigs and venues do start to open, be patient with that. You might be asked to arrive and leave at different times to your friends. You may have to sit apart from each other, but you're still experiencing that together. And I suppose support your local artist with your pocket if you can. I mean, this is hitting all of society, so not everybody can. But talk about Irish art, and 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 if you discover a new band, share it with your friends and. I think if we can do that and, and really support each other, then we will get through without the country and we'll be we'll be richer for it, I think. Were it not for this pandemic, we would probably be talking about the National Campaign for the Arts in the original budgetary highlight of the mm-hmm. the importance of the arts to us all. I mean, like you, you were talking about international showcasing of work there a while ago and you know that mm-hmm. is something Ireland and Irish governments and 
businesses have always done is, you know, enjoyed the fruits of the arts in terms of raising our profile for various events and functions and all that sort of stuff internationally. But right now, that particular set of 50 gigs that you were talking about or 50 bands that you were talking about, when is that coming on stream in the autumn and what platform should we be watching out for? So thank you for plugging our annual festival. It's um, October 6th to 9th. It's irelandmusicweek.com. You can go and buy a ticket now. Our lineup is there. Then you can listen to the bands. There's a couple of bands from Cork in there. They're from all over the island of Ireland. The tickets then are 10 euro to see one night of three virtual venues. So it'll be about 15, 16 bands a night. So that will be 10 euro and you can jump in between digital rooms. And then it's 25 euro for all three nights of the new bands. And nearly everyone, everyone loves has come through this festival. So it's it's an amazing opportunity to support those new acts, but also because it's virtual, you you will be in the room with the artists and you'll be able to chat to them as their gig is on. Oh, wow. Um, which is kind of, yeah, it would be really nice and you could just drop in a high five or, <laughs> you know, I love that song and, and support them that way because it's yeah. hard to make work. And it's, you know, we had the 50 acts in Lost Lane with us this week and, you know, social distancing and just watching the nerves as they walked out on the stage to film their performance. And then the joy as they walked back into the room and people beaming from ear to ear and it's like, oh my God, I miss gigging, even though there wasn't an audience because we couldn't have an audience. Just the joy of of witnessing them come off stage again. So sharing that joy in October and there's plenty more. Fringe Festival has some stuff on online at the moment. The Theatre Festival will be going ahead with some live and some online performances. The IFI is putting their whole archive online so you can watch really brilliant old films and new films and their whole repertoire will be so you can just go to ifi.ie you know there there are plenty of people the National Gallery I think and, and more museums have their offerings online as well so you can still enjoy a lot of art and at the same time you can support those artists that are making that activity and I suppose to your other point you know in normal times we're doing exactly what we do every year at this time, which is we'll be submitting our pre-budget submission for the arts to government next week. We're meeting with Catherine Martin to go through the elements. You know, that we're still asking for, for a lot of things we would have asked for regardless of the pandemic, but this will be a particularly COVID-related pre-budget submission coming from the sector. We do have issues like copyright. You know, there's until mid 2021 for our government to put into law a European directive from last year which is that the tech companies should pay artists more for using their stuff online so there's things like that that are the same where we'll be talking about the VAT issue for the arts we'll be talking about sustaining the pandemic unemployment payments and the wage subsidy schemes for the art sector and the event sector so there's a lot in there that would have been normally in the pre-budget submission but there are obviously COVID related and along with we'll be asking the government to sustain the current investment to the Arts Council and to Cultural Ireland because we will come back out of this and the infrastructure has to be held to, to, to stay yes. in place um, so that when we do come back out of it we can not only survive it but thrive. Yes, 
Absolutely, because it's it's not possible to simply just cryogenically freeze it until we're all nope. able to congregate again. It, it definitely, definitely yeah. has to be underpinned in the meantime. Angela, we could talk forever. I know you have a very busy yeah. afternoon ahead of you, but I think what maybe we'll remind people about IrelandMusicWeek.com, that they can be going online and booking there now. We'll keep an eye on that coming up in the meantime. But also wishing you and all the voluntary team behind the National Campaign for the Arts the very best of luck at what is a terrible, terrible, terrible time. But you're providing a great voice voice and a great platform. Like you said, people can follow the campaign on Twitter and keep retweeting it as much as possible and keep it up there in the general consciousness as we all try and pick up the threads of life and make some kind of normality once again. It's been lovely talking to you, Angela. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for your continued support. And it, it means a lot just to have voices out there pushing the supports out. So thank you so much for your continued support.